0: Welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. This sermon was preached on August 9th, 2020, for the 10th Sunday after Pentecost, and the continuation of our summer sermon series, The Christian Faith, One Word at a Time. That word this week is chosen And it's taken from our reading from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 28 through 30, where Paul writes And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Last week I told you the Chinese parable about the poor farmer who lost his horse, but then gained six more, whose son broke his leg, but then didn't have to go off to war, We would call that an emotional roller coaster, but but that stalwart farmer, he stayed patient throughout. Today I want to tell you the story about Corrie ten Boom. She was a Dutch Christian born in the late 1800s who is perhaps most known for her work in sheltering and helping Jews escape Nazi persecution during World War II. She and her whole family were eventually caught and put into a concentra- concentration camp where both her father and her sister died. Corey survived and would go on to write many things, among them this poem. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I, in foolish pride, forget he sees the upper, and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. You know, for a woman who survived the Holocaust, these words are brimming with hope and confidence. For a woman who saw and experienced firsthand the sorrow and pain that this world can dole out, this poem exudes peace and patience. And while I can't reach into her mind and tell you exactly what inspired these words, they sound an awful lot to me, like what we just read from Romans chapter 8. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. What Corey captures so well in her poem is how often we can be too close, too in the moment, to see the bigger picture. And I feel like That's more and more true every day. We have this ability to to zoom in and, and analyze every minute detail of every problem that is going on all around this wide world. We can talk about it to death and hear so many diverse and divisive opinions about it and it just magnifies and intensifies the issue. It's so easy to lose sight of the bigger picture, or even recognize that there is a bigger picture, that that anyone can be in control of this chaotic world. As Corey puts it, we only see the underside of the weaving, and it doesn't look that good. But then Paul shares with us these words, and they're perfectly suited for our situation. Paul reminds us that God works all things for our good, that he is in control. And even though we cannot see his plan or purpose now, one day we will. One day God will flip that tapestry around and show us the beauty of the pattern he has been working on this whole time. God is working all things for your good. Maybe your pain and, and weakness now are equipping you to help others with pain and weakness in the future. Maybe God has emptied your schedule so, so you can fill it up with him. Maybe God is filling your newsfeed with infuriating stories so that you can learn humility, compassion, and flexibility. There are all kinds of ways that, that God can turn a curse into a blessing. But even when we can't see the good from the bad, we can still know that God is working all things for our good because of the plan, the purpose that God shares with us in words like these from Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul talks about God's foreknowledge and predestination. Those are pretty big and imposing words. One Bible commentator said, heads and hearts have been broken over this doctrine. But Martin Luther reminds us that this doctrine is not so incomprehensible as many think. It's rather full of sweet comfort for the elect. So rather than thinking about it in terms of predestination, I just want you to think of the word choice. Because even though Paul says that God foreknew you, that God knew you before you were born, before the creation of the world even, Paul is not only referring to the fact that God knows all things, he's saying that God chose you before the creation of the world. And that is a message of pure gospel comfort. God does not wait to see how you turn out before he chooses you. God doesn't make his decisions based on your behavior or in view of your future faith. No, before you said or did or thought a thing, God chose you to be his own. He had a plan and a purpose for you. His will, his desire was that you be conformed to the image of his son that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In other words, God's eternal choice was that he wanted you to be part of his family. God chose to adopt you as his sons and daughters. He made that decision before he created this world. And he put that eternal election into action by doing what Paul writes next by calling you and justifying you and glorifying you it's a wonderful thought to think that God loved me before I was born but there is a nagging question how can I be sure are the butterflies I feel in my stomach really the Holy Spirit at work in me Or is it just the burrito I ate last night? Well, Paul removes all doubt when he says, those he predestined, he also called. See, you don't have to guess whether God has chosen you. You don't have to rely on your gut to know that God loves you. He tells you. He has called you. And God's call is not some mystical, mysterious movement that we have to try to unravel or discover. God's call is audible. He speaks to you in his word. So every Sunday when we read these lessons, they're meant for you. God is speaking to you. He wants you to know that he has chosen you from eternity and has acted on that choice by sending people to share that message with you, to let you know that, that he has justified you through his son. And, and you know what? This is, this is maybe the part that hits home for me the most. Now, I don't know about you, but as great as it is, thinking about God, thinking about me, before I was a glint in my parents' eyes, it, it puts pressure on me. I feel like I have to be worthy of his attention. I get paranoid that I'm constantly letting God down. All this time that he has spent loving me is wasted on a guy who can't live up to expectations. But Paul says, those he called, he also justified. The central message of the Bible is justification. It's the good news That God forgives your sins in Jesus. Which tells you that you cannot disqualify yourself from God's choice. There is nothing you can do that will make God love you less. He sent his son to die on a cross for your sins, and as a direct result, he does not think about your sins anymore. They have been taken care of by Jesus. So you don't have to worry that you haven't been chosen because God has called you. You don't have to worry that your sins will make God love you less. God has justified you. And you don't have to worry that some unforeseen circumstance in the future will stand in the way of you going to heaven. Because God promises those he justified, he also glorified. God's love for you began before the world did. And it will continue long after this world ends. Your future is so certain, in fact, that Paul speaks about it in the past tense, as if it's already happened. Those he justified, he also glorified. Your future in heaven is not something to wonder about, or wish for, your future with God is not in question. It's his guarantee to you because he chose you from eternity and called you by the gospel and justified you through Jesus. You know, our our lives right now may feel like the underside of a tapestry, all frayed and tattered and chaotic, but we're only seeing one part of the picture and one side of the story. God is on the other side, working all things for your good, weaving your sorrow and hardship into beauty and glory. We may not understand the place that pain and problems have in this picture, but God promises that they're all part of his plan and purpose for you, to claim you as his children and to bring you to the glory of his heavenly kingdom. So when you find yourself in those inglorious moments of life, whether that means you lose your horse, your son breaks his leg, you wind up in a concentration camp, or just feeling helpless and hopeless in a global pandemic, enduring community unrest, surviving domestic dispute, whatever it may be, when when you find yourself in those inglorious moments, think back on this promise and know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Amen.